0: The Tennessee Volunteers football team is in really, really good shape. It is a healthy program because it checks the majority of those boxes of the Fundamental Five. What is the Fundamental Five, and why is it so important now and in the future for Josh Heupel's club? I'm going to tell you all that coming up here on your Tuesday Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up everybody? Welcome into it. This is Locked On Vault, and I'm your host Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me here today. Make a Locked On balls your first listen each and every day. Subscribing to Locked On balls that YouTube channel. Let's continue to grow. We kind of kind of had a little standstill here. Need to get back up on that upward trajectory. As Locked On balls on the YouTube channel. Appreciate you guys uh, for doing all that. Rate me five stars and subscribing wherever you find your podcast. Going to be a fun show today. I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, we'll start backwards and, and work our way to the front. Uh, segment three, we'll do a little Twitter Tuesday exercise. i post... A couple different questions for you guys, and some of you guys sending some questions uh, and some answers to those questions, so um, I'm going to get to those in segment three, but the first two segments, we're going to do the fundamental five. Really excited about this. Shout out Brandon Olson, host of Locked On Gators, and he's filling in for Zach Blackerby uh, while he's on paternity leave. Shout out Zach Blackerby having uh, a, a beautiful uh, little baby girl, so that is that is awesome stuff there. Uh, but you got Brandon that's filling in for Zach and he sent over some uh, topic ideas and I, you know, I'm proud of myself I've been doing this long enough I feel like I have a general idea what you guys want to know and listen to and what makes a good topic um but whenever somebody sends some help and you know heck yeah I man, I'll take it like that's awesome and this was a topic that he sent yesterday to me before uh recording the fundamental five all right it is the five positions that are most critical for the success of your football team or organization in the NFL. Number one, quarterback. Number two, these are in no specific order, in my opinion, except the quarterback. Number one, quarterback. Number two, wide receiver. Number three, offensive tackle. Number four is pass rusher. And number five is cornerback. That's not to say that the other positions on the football field are not important. I think a middle linebacker is super important. I think a, a three technique is very, very important. I think a tight end in Josh Heupel's offense outside of quarterback might be the most important position on the field, but for the majority of teams, the five positions that make or break an organization or a program, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive tackle, pass rusher, and cornerback. Where does Tennessee stack up at those positions right now for the fall of 2023 and for the future? We're going to do that here in segments one and two. So Here in segment one, we're going to start quarterbacks and wide receivers. Well, uh, quarterbacks, give me a big old check. Yes, the numbers are a little bit down. You would like another scholarship quarterback in your room. um But with Taven Jackson leaving the program, that left you one scholarship quarterback short. Tennessee's got two scholarship quarterbacks right now. And you feel good about Gaston Moore. I've mentioned that time in and time out. Is he a power five quarterback at this level? No. But is he a guy that has got an arm, has got some pretty good intangibles, is a three? going on his fourth year in the system with Josh Hopper. Remember, he was at UCF and, and followed Josh Hopper to Tennessee as a walk on. The answer is yes. And so um, you feel good about the options of quarterback for Tennessee and Joe Milton, Nico Imaliava, and then Gasson Moore. And, of course, uh, you have Navy Shuler as well on that roster. But why quarterback gets a check from me in, regarding Tennessee is because you have a guy in Joe Milton who can step in and play right now, and you feel good about it is he as good as hendon hooker um no he's not he's had two starting gigs at two different power five programs and it hadn't panned out so far is the reason for concern absolutely for the reason i just said a moment ago um but he's an old head he's going on his fifth year in college um he's got all the physical attributes you could possibly want in a quarterback he performed at a great level in the orange bowl to get tennessee to 11 wins on the season uh, he's got a can out of an arm and he's smart. And now he is entering his third season in the Josh Heupel offense. So he is so much better off now compared to where he was at this point in time, you know, 2 years ago, right? Or two yeah, 2 years ago he wasn't even here yet, but those first couple of games of 2021. So you feel really good about your immediate option at quarterback right now. So that would be a check for me. What about looking to the future? You got Nico right and, and will nico live up to the hype probably not why and that's no disrespect to him but the hype was so large i feel so bad for Bronny james he's never going to live up to to the hype of being lebron's son never ever and i'm not saying that this hype for nico is equivalent to that of Bronny james i think it's two different things but the hype is real for nico e can he be a really good quarterback? I think so. Does he have the intangibles to do so? I think so. Uh, does he have the build of a quarterback that's getting bigger by the way? He's up two hundred ten pounds coming into Buck ninety eight. So yes, he can. Um, does he have quick feet? Is he smart? All that type of stuff. Yes, yes, yes. But will he ever live up to the hype in the in the in the nil era coming into Tennessee? You know, probably not but can he still win you a whole lot of football games and can he still be really really good and can he still be an NFL quarterback and can he still be maybe a first round draft pick one day? Yes, 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 yes and yes. So, I think Tennessee at the quarterback position now and for the future and and maybe that crosses the path a little bit. Maybe Joe Milton struggles and needs to be replaced or maybe Joe Milton has his helmet pop off and Nico's got to go in or you know, maybe Joe Milton gets injured and Nico has to go in. But I think the quarterback position, that first pillar, Joe Milton now, Nico later, check, check. So, quarterback position, you are good. Fund, the fundamental five, pillar number one, check. Number two is wide receiver. Check. <laughs> I mean, yeah, check. Why? Because coming into the 2021 season, and again, a lot of this has to do with scheme and system. It does. System and scheme and good coaches and good players is the perfect combo. But coming into 2021, Tennessee had no... I mean, you felt good about Jalen Hyatt. You thought the possibilities of Velus Jones in this offense would be intriguing, but but you didn't really have anything to go on, right? Remember the the wide receivers outside of Juwan Jennings for you know the 2019 seasons uh, wasn't very impressive under the Jeremy Pruitt regime, right? Just what? Um, but you turned Cedric Tillman into a thousand yard receiver. You turned Velus Jones into a third round draft pick and a guy that caught almost 10 touchdowns, and had over 800 yards receiving from the slot. You turn Jalen Hyatt into the Bolitnikoff Award winner. You turn Brew McCoy into a steady Eddie on the other side. Um, I don't care who's out there wide receiver. In this system, with a quarterback that's capable of getting you the football, I like it. I like it a lot. But also, I like Brew McCoy. I like his makeup. I like Dante Thornton. I think he's going to be so good in this offense. Um, I like Squirrel White uh, when he gets opportunities from the slot. Or Mel Keaton, just not going away, right? He just continues to make play after make plays. So, check. So, wide receiver right now, check. What about in the future? Squirrel Wild still be here. I like that. Uh, Nathan Leacock, I think, is going to be a guy that will really, really help Tennessee. is already starting to turn some heads at spring practice. I like that. Let's see about Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod if they can continue to get better and and, and step up and, and kind of come into their own. But, um, When you start with a guy like Squirrel White and when you bring in a guy like Nathan Leacock, check. So wide receiver now and wide receiver later, I would go check, check. So, again, the fundamental five, the two pillars already. Quarterback, check. Now and in the the future. Wide receiver, check. Now and in the future. And then we got three more to get to. The offensive tackle, the pass rusher, and the quarterback pos- or in the cornerback position—that uh, is what we have to look forward to coming up next right here on Locked On Vols as we break down the fundamental five here of Tennessee football. Uh, Guys, I appreciate you listening and watching to us here on Locked On Vols. Big thank you to uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament's March Madness. It is heating up Final Four action. There is no better place to get in all that action than at FanDuel. That's America's number 1 sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from money line to point spreads to which teams will be cutting down the nets. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with Fanduel. All right, guys, welcome back into your Tuesday edition. It's Locked On Balls, your team every single day. Uh, I am Eric Kane. You can always find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at locked on We're going to get into your mailbag questions and uh, answers to the questions I prompted you with yesterday. That's coming up in segment number three. But Uh, Really feeling this subject, man. I love football so freaking much. I'm such a football junkie. I'm such a nerd when it comes to X's and O's and and all that good stuff. So when I see a topic called the fundamental five, hell yeah, let's ride, right? We talked about the quarterback position, the wide receiver position. I think both of those pillars for the fundamental five for Tennessee now and in the future, check, check. Two check marks. Let's go to offensive tackle. This is the first pillar that's not going to have a check mark. Gonna be honest with you. Is Tennessee good enough right now in the immediate future to win games because of the offensive tackle? Maybe. I don't know yet. Um, Tennessee had a first round talent Darnell Wright there last year, and he was phenomenal. It's a huge loss, huge loss. On the other side, you had two guys that pretty much split that left tackle position Gerald Mincy, transfer coming over from Florida and Jeremiah Crawford, J.J. Crawford, who was already here. Both of those guys, again, when we looked up the snap counts at Pro Football Focus, they were pretty much the same. I don't have it in front of me, but one was like 4'10", the other one was like heading into the bowl game. One was like 4'10", and the other one was like 4'06". I mean, they were, they were pretty much 50-50 in terms of splitting that left tackle position. Was that good enough? It was good enough, but could it have been a whole lot better? Absolutely. Case in point, neither one of them took the job and ran with it. So now you have those two guys. You bring in or you have Dane Davis who is still here and played some big time snaps for Tennessee uh, in in a fill in role, and now you bring in John Campbell from Miami, who's a pretty good player. He's played pretty much every position outside of center over his career um, at, at Miami. Can Tennessee be good enough to win games? With the with those offensive tackles this year? I think so. I I do. Um, but is it going to be as good as Darnell Wright was on the right side? Absolutely not. Um, we just I mean, we're still early in spring right now. Um, I don't I don't know who John Campbell is. I don't know how quickly he can adapt to this offense. I don't know how quickly he can pick up some things in the different terminology and everything. I would assume that, you know, he's gonna be just A-okay, right? I mean, Tennessee's not gonna go out and get a guy and sign a guy from the transfer portal if they don't think he can come in. And help immediately, especially at that position. This isn't a future position. This is like now. So I think it'll be okay for now. You have experience. You have a ton of playing experience. You have some playing experience in this offense and three returners. So for 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 now, I will have a check mark for the present. Will it be as good as last year? Probably not. But I will have a check mark for the present right now. But for the future, I have no clue. I think Dane Davis has another year. I think Jeremiah Crawford. I think I think. The three guys here have another year, but when you look behind them, I mean, there's there's no offensive tackle depth right now. Brian Grant, class of 2023, uh, or 2022, I guess. Yeah, 2022, um, he was a project-type player, very new to the game, still needs to come a long way in putting on weights. You bring in Sham Yumarov of the class of 2023, and he's here, and he looks good, um, but again, he's he's brand new, right? I mean, we don't know what he can bring. We don't know what he can do right now. Um, Tennessee was one for four on offensive tackles that wanted for the class of twenty twenty three, and be glad you got Sham. Sham's a good player, um, I, I think that he will be a good player. We just we just don't know about it right now, but you know you missed out on Stanton Romel. you missed out on Francis, you missed out um, on some other guys, and um, you know in terms of the future at of the offensive tackle position, I, I just I, I don't know. So that would be the X. So offensive tackle, maybe split it a little bit. Tennessee can win some games. Tennessee will still be a high-potent offense and everything. Um, it'll take a step down from the offensive tackle position where it was last year. But overall, I think right now it's okay. But for the future, it's a big-time question mark. So I'm, I'm going to have an X on that pillar right now just because I don't know. Two checks. That's the quarterback pillar. That's the wide receiver pillow. One X. That's the offensive tackle pillar right now. Let's go to pass rusher. You lose Byron Young. Big-time loss. Good player. Real good player. Going to be drafted probably day two in the NFL draft. Really good player. Um, But you bring back Roman Harrison, who is low-key. We'll talk about this here in a minute. Roman Harrison, low-key, sneaky, pretty pretty productive player for you last year. Played a whole lot of snaps. You know, Rodney Garner loves to play a lot of defensive linemen. When you talk about the Leo position, sometimes multiple Leos, which is the position that Byron Young play, the pass rusher. Sometimes multiple Leos play on the field at the same time, especially in that Rabbits package, which means get after the quarterback. It's passing situations. Go, go, go. We called it NASCAR when I was at Carson Newman. You know, NASCAR, NASCAR, go, 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 fast, fast, fast. It's when you have four defensive ends, essentially, on the field. You take out the, the three tech and the one tech, those defensive tackle bodies, you get defensive ends down there. And so, you know, Rowan Harrison is pretty, pretty low-key, productive player for you. Um, you've got Joshua Josephs, who got his toes wet, who played a role for Tennessee, who was long, who was lengthy, long-lengthy, same thing. Um, you know, needs to become more physical, sure. And then you got James Pierce, who didn't really play an awful lot last year, ex- with the exception of mop-up duty, but he's had a pretty good spring. Rodney Garner even said so in a winter workout period. Rodney Garner even said so when he met with the media um, on Saturday. You know the buy-in he's got to continue to buy in and and do things the right way and um you know buy into the strength position and uh, to the strength and conditioning program buy into the classroom all that type of stuff but he's off to a good start this spring but for the present i think it's i think it's pretty solid i I really really do for the future joshua josephs james pierce caleb herring who rodney garner spoke very highly of on saturday you're bringing in shindavey on bradley as well Check, check, check. So I like the position of Pat, the collection of pass rushers Tennessee has. They need to come in. They need, they're need highly regarded prospects. They need to come in and work. They need to get some real experience, what some of them have. And you need to develop a pass rush with only four up front, the first front four, and you need to lead that charge. But Josh Heibel has made it a point to recruit quarterbacks, to, to prioritize the quarterback in every class and the pass rusher in every class so far, he has done just that. In two classes, as Tennessee's head coach, he has brought in James Pierce and Joshua Josephs, and now Caleb Herring and Shadevion Bradley. Um, I, I think that pillar would be a big-time check, in my opinion. So far, we have three checks, one X, and we go to our fifth fundamental five pillar. Quarterback's a check, wide receiver's a check, offensive tackle's an X, pass is a check, and now let's go to cornerback. Boy, oh boy was it not good in 2023, (laughs) right? I mean, there was just so many guys and no consistency, and Tennessee was next to last in the SEC in pass defense, and there was just not a whole lot of consistency at that position, but at times it was good. You guys have heard me say this so many times. I think Danico Slaughter is a player. Can he be a full-time player at cornerback this year, devoting an entire offseason, a spring practice, a fall camp, of uh, drill work of uh, film work all that type of stuff and preparing himself to be a cornerback and will that make a difference can he get even better because i think he was the best one tennessee had last year i really do so i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him in that regard kamal Haden, can you find some consistency and shut up stop talking on the field and just play football that is what aggravated tennessee fans to no end brandon turnage can can you Get rid of the injury bug, right? Because I think you are a guy that can give this team some some good snaps. Can you get rid of the injury bug? And, and Gabe Judy Lolly, what are you bringing to the table? You've been in the SEC before. You've been at BYU. But what are you bringing to Tennessee? And then some of this youth that's coming in right now, Ricky Gibson, Jordan Matthews, Christian Conner. I love that. Can you push these guys right now? Can you make them better? Can you take their spots that's the challenge of spring practice right now. So, in terms of this last pillar and cornerback, it's kind of the same pillar because I don't think there's a clear divide in terms of these guys are ready to play now and these guys will wait their turn and play next year and the year after that. I think it's fair game for everything. And it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to grade this because I like the collection of talent that's there. Kamal Haddon could be better than anybody in the room if he could just find consistency. True story. But he but he's not done that, and he's too worried about running his mouth instead of playing. Denico Slaughter is a baller. I like Gabe Judy Lolly. I think he'll start this year. I like Ricky Gibson. I think he's low key athletic that no one was talking about. I like Jordan Matthews because I think he's all around. Maybe got the most impressive game of anybody in that room. I like the collection of talent. I need to see it though. I need to see it, and it very well could you know go out there and be a strong point for Tennessee in 2023. It really could. It's not far fetched, guys. I think the cornerbacks can be better than the safeties. I do. I know that might not be saying much. That's probably what you're thinking, but I but I do. But for right now, I'm going to put an X on that pillar. I'm going to put an X, but I think that's close. I really do think it's close again because the collection of bodies in that room. So, four, Tennessee, the five fundamental pillars. Quarterback, presence, future, check, check. Wide receiver, present, future, check, check. Off to the tackle, present, check, future, X. Pass rusher, present, check, future, check. Cornerback, present and future, because it's all one group, in my opinion. X for right now, but I think it's close. Those are the fundamental five pillars of success for the Tennessee Volunteers. That was a fun exercise, guys. Let's reevaluate this after spring practice over the summer and heading into the new year. What would you think? Did you agree, disagree with anything I said? Let me know right here on Lockdown On when we come back. Twitter Tuesday. Questions and responses. That's coming up next right here on a Tuesday. I'll tell you what. I'm all jacked up, man. I love that topic. I'm serious. I want to hear from you. Would you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Fill up those uh, comments uh, in the YouTube section. Fill up the YouTube. Let's let's think about this. Fill up the comments section on the YouTube page. There we go. Words are hard sometimes. Let's slow down. Take a breath. Uh, Let me know what you think. DM me. Tweet me. At underscore canner At Lockdown Balls. Do you agree with my fundamental five? Quarterback, wide receiver, off to tackle, pass rusher, and cornerback, let me know. That was a fun, fun subject. Uh, we do it every single Tuesday right here on Locked On Vols. We open up the mailbag and let you guys ask me any questions that you may have. Also, yesterday, I gave you a couple of questions to answer as well. We're going to get into those. Uh, let's start over on Twitter at underscore caner. We'll go to my bookmark section, and we'll talk with Randy just curious about what percentage you would say of Vols athletes pay attention to what is written or said about them by local media on a regular basis. Does Olivier come or Aaron Beasley know what's being said about them when you're interviewing them in the locker room? For the most part, I would say that they've been coached up. They know, like if you are a division one athlete, chances are you had the spotlight on you your whole life. Now there's a big difference in coming from whatever town you're from into the university of Tennessee. When Um, You know, we 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 go to the airport to interview recruits (laughs) and we travel to baseball games sometimes. (laughs) I mean, there's a big difference. But I think for the most part, they don't they try not to pay attention too much, too much with it. But absolutely, they know 100 percent. Josiah Jordan James even tweeted um, over the weekend, essentially like, hey, you know, we saw what some of you guys said uh, about the season was over. Look at us now. Went to the Sweet 16. First of all, that was a stupid tweet by him. Um, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it in front of me, but essentially he said something like that. Uh, it's not like he was bashing anybody, he was just kind of saying, hey, we saw that, we saw that. So, yeah, 100%, I think that they know what's being said. They have Twitter accounts, they have social media, they have Instagram, they see things populated, they see things retweeted onto their timeline, absolutely. Now, do I think they're sitting here spending time listening to Locked On Balls every single day? No. Not at all. <laughs> uh, do some of their parents listen to lockdown balls? Uh, yeah, a couple that I know of for sure, and I think that's awesome. Um, you know, thank you. Uh, and, and if you see me on campus or something, please say say hello because some of you have, and I think that's really, really cool. Um, and I hope you respect the, the way I cover the team. But uh, percentage wise, I would say, do they see what's being said? yeah I would say probably 60 70 percent do they pay attention and dive in and read and listen to everything no I would say very very small percentage I hope that makes sense let's go to orange crab Mm. yikes hold on here we go this is to the question that I put that I prompted what vols football player are you following this spring and why Orange Crab Forty Two says Cameron Seldon, if he is truly a Debo Sam, uh, Samuel type player, um, he could be a true game changer on an already dynamic offense. One hundred percent. But I do want to caution everybody. And I mean, I covered his recruitment, so maybe I'm victim of this as well. Placing those expectations, we were talking about the Nico expectations earlier. Placing those type of expectations, Debo Samuel on Cam Seldon, that's a little unfair. Um, and I'm not, I'm not calling you out by any stretch of imagination because that is the comparison and I've said it too. Um, you got to come in and learn one position first and master it and feel good about it. And that's what he's doing at running back right now. And then throw him out there at a slot position and tailor some plays to get him the football. Um, when can that happen? How quickly can that happen? I don't know. We'll see, but, um, yeah, he's, he is intriguing. He looks good with the other running backs. He is big. He's an athlete. Um, he's got good feet. He's fast. Yeah, that, that's a really, really good one. Appreciate you chiming in and saying that. On that same question, uh, which football player you watch in the spring, Michael says Roman Harrison think he could potentially make a Ramel Keaton type leap after losing BY on the defensive line. Yeah, I talked a little bit about Roman Harrison earlier, and for so long he was looked like Tarzan, play like Jane, right? He looks so physically good um in terms of like what a body type you want uh in an edge rusher he's not maybe as long as you want him to be but still he looks he looks like what you would think in an edge rusher but he never did anything like he would play so many snaps and he wouldn't do anything but towards the end of last year he started doing some things he was actually sec uh defensive lineman of the week uh for the Vanderbilt week the last week of the regular season if my memory serves me correct I believe he had two sacks against Vanderbilt maybe I'm maybe I've I've slept since then maybe I'm wrong um but he started to become a little bit more productive now ramel keaton type leap that's a little bit different i would say it was more of a maybe you could see more of a theo jackson type leap because theo jackson played a lot for tennessee and then he went off and he was an all conference player roman harrison's played a lot for tennessee he really has he's played a lot of snaps for tennessee over the years but can he up his game and be an all-conference type player that's the question we have to ask but yeah um, he'll get a ton of snaps. We know that for sure. Michael, appreciate you chiming in. Uh, another, here, another one here from Corey in, in terms of who you follow in the spring. Besides Nico, looking forward to Ricky Gibson and Arian Carter. Jeremiah T. Lander would also be a sleeper in my opinion. I agree. Jeremiah T. Lander, well-spoken. He's already put on about 15 pounds since being here. Good-looking guy. I think he's going to be a good linebacker. Like, Arian Carter might still all the headlines in terms of being the leader of that bunch at linebacker and on defense, maybe the first one to play and to have a serious role. But I think Jeremiah T. Lander is going to be a good player for sure. Ricky Gibson, you've heard great things about him so far. Low-key, sneaky athletic. Um, because all the talk at the cornerback position was like Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews, in terms of this class, I think Ricky Gibson, as you mentioned, is a guy that has gained the respect of a lot of people for sure. And then, of course, Aaron Carter, as we mentioned, and uh, and Nico uh, Iamaliava. Uh, they have done a good job, or I mean, obviously the, they're going to get some headlines there. See, I can't do two things at once when I'm trying to go to my direct messages <laughs> and uh, and and read and talk at the same time. But yeah, Nico is going to get a lot of the headlines just because it's the quarterback and it's it's Nico for sure. Uh, let's go to Braden. Braden says, actually, we'll start with Ty- Taylor. Taylor chimed in and wanted to know uh, what I thought about the weekend and recruitment of Jake Merklinger. I think Tennessee did a really, really good job, a really good job with Jake Merklinger this past weekend. Um, I would say Tennessee's likely the team to beat at this point in time for sure. I think Jake Merklinger had a fun weekend and really liked Tennessee's coaches. So I think they did – I think they moved the needle well there, and we'll have to see exactly what happens uh, with that recruitment. And uh, we'll go to Brayden here. Who is your quarterback comparison for Joe Milton if you had to give one? And what is the best-case scenario for Hendon Hooker – going into the NFL draft and his first year in the league. Let me start with Hendon. Um, dream scenario for Hendon Hooker, in my opinion, would be just like Trey Smith, a little bit different, but slip out of the first round, which I think that he will, go to a contending team in the second round, second or third round, which I think he'll be taken in the second round, but go to a good team, go to a good team, team, and sit back, hold a clipboard, learn, be a sponge. I understand he's twenty five years old. I get it, but you don't have to just be rushed into starting right now. You just don't have to be, um, in my opinion. I've heard some NFL drafts mocks and experts and say like a a really good pick for him would be by Seattle. You know, Geno Smith, NFL comeback player of the year, um, just got signed to a nice deal, and to go and, and hold a clipboard and back up Geno Smith, I think that would be really good. What if he you know, was drafted to to a to a team that has an established quarterback and and, and was brought in to be the backup because he's super smart. But also get ready and go, and, and maybe you can be the quarterback of the future and or a trade piece. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, if you're being selected in the second round, you're probably not going to be a trade piece. I recognize that. But I think for Hendon, it would be go somewhere that has an established quarterback for now, watch, learn, get acclimated, and then when your time comes, go in there and ball out that would be for me. Uh as far as Joe Milton, maybe this is super lazy. And I recognize this, but I mean, we talk about it all the time. From a physical standpoint, what is who does Joe Milton resemble? I'll give you a couple seconds to think about it. It's Cam Newton. Now, will Joe Milton ever be NFL MVP? Probably not. Most people aren't. <laughs> Most people who play in the NFL aren't NFL MVP. Most football players don't even get to the NFL. So I'm not sliding him when I say this. I'm not trying to say he'll be as good as Cam Newton, but from a physical makeup, from a standpoint, strong arm, six foot six, 240 to 50 pounds. He's lost weight. He's, he's dropped about 10 pounds, mind you, as well, so that he could be more of a factor with his legs and escapability. But. I would say Cam Newton because he's big, he's strong, he's got a cannon of an arm, he's a good leader, um, he's smart, um, and capable of, of of changing the game. So I would say Cam Newton in that regards. Uh, let's go to the YouTube page. Go to that comment section of yesterday's post, of yesterday's show. I asked the question, are you rooting for FAU low-key? And Marcus says, yes, I am pulling for FAU. I don't know if they'll get past San Diego State, but it's going to be nice to get a non-blue-blood champion. Some people don't think so. I recognize that, and I like what you say there, Marcus. Marcus has kind of cheered on um, FAU. Let's see here. We'll go to Noel. Noel says, I'm pulling for FAU also, and I do not think Jordan, uh, Julian Phillips was a bust at all. He had the injury and had a hard time getting healthy definitely not a bust ball fans are too negative sometimes laughing face i would agree i think ball fans are definitely uh too negative sometimes i don't think he was a bust either i think from an offensive standpoint there was a lot to be desired i think that he can be much better offensively but like i said yesterday super good defender he was consistent he was starting in Tennessee's lineup you know playing what around 15 minutes a game every single game right um, he was super consistent, but No Ball says she is rooting for FAU as well. And then uh, Big Papa, 7152, said, nope, just kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Big Papa, 7152, says, started watching ball baseball. Well, hey, cool, good weekend to start watching Tennessee baseball because they looked really, really good against Texas A&M. All right, that's going to do it here for this edition of Locked on Vols. Appreciate you guys for joining in the conversation, as you will, on Twitter, on uh, on uh, YouTube. Let me know what you think about the fundamental five pillars for Tennessee football. Where is Tennessee a quarterback, wide receiver, off the tackle, pass rusher, quarterback now and for the future? I want to hear your thoughts. You heard mine. Tell me yours. Coming up on Locked On Balls. I uh, appreciate you guys sending in your mailbag questions and comments as well. As always, make Locked On College Basketball your second listener right behind college, uh, like right behind Locked On Balls. No better time right now. Final Four happening in the tournament. Locked On College Basketball. Those guys do a fantastic job. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Uh, subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. Write me five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a positive review. You guys are the best. We'll do it again. Same time, same place. Tomorrow, this is Locked on Balls.